0: Hey everyone. I'm Gayla Zos. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Simple Marketing Academy Podcast. This week is a marketing 101 week, and you know what that means? I'll be interviewing someone I know who offers marketing-related products, services or advice. Now this is not about selling, it's about buyer education. You're the buyer, and I want you to make sure that you make good decisions. In this episode, we're going to explore the hidden meaning of fonts. Joining me for the fun is Lee Williams, the owner of Amaranth Designs, a company that specializes in graphic design, branding, and website development. Lee has been on the Simple Marketing Academy podcast before, and she's a longtime collaborator of mine. She and I have encountered more than our share of font fiascos, and. I got to tell you, I couldn't wait to record this episode. So if you want to make sure that your font selection won't lead people to the wrong conclusions about your business or maybe even your intelligence, then this episode is for you. Let's listen in.
1: Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zos helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now.
0: Hello, everybody. Gayla Zoe's here with the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. Today, we're going to dive into the hidden meaning of fonts, and we're going to do this with Lee Williams, the owner of Amaranth Designs. Lee is a graphic designer that I have worked with for decades, I think. Welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. You're a friend of the podcast, you've been here before, but for new listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? How long have you been in business and how did you get where you are today?
2: Well, honestly, it seems like I've been in business all of my life. I, when I was in college, I took, design, I took on design projects when I was studying fine arts and design. And so I've been working independently since then. Uh, I earned a bachelor's degree at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. Go Falcons. That's right. (laughs) Your alma mater too. Yes. uh, In fine arts with a major in graphic design and marketing. And uh, I later pursued my career as a designer in a corporation and became the communications manager for their design department. After that, I worked as a creative director for an advertising agency, and then eventually pursued my dream of owning my own business Amaranth Designs, and that was established in 2000. And we specialize in full-service project execution, including brand and corporate identity and strategy, website design, digital solutions, and print and packaging, pretty much anything that uh, would be needed to develop a brand and visual and and uh, messaging. Today we're talking
0: about fonts. And we have to start out <laughs> with a joke that you once told me <laughs> that is so ridiculous, but so perfect for today's topic. Let's
2: hear it. And, and it's a joke that probably people may scratch their heads and say, huh? Only a designer would laugh at this joke, but may, maybe not. You might appreciate it too. So Comic Sans walks into a bar and the bartender says, we don't serve your type here. Ha <laughs> it-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for all of yeah. you who don't know what
2: Comic Sans is, it's a typeface that, how would you describe it? <laughs> well, it looks like a typeface that would belong in a comic book. It's kind of roundy and balloon-like, and it's just, for, from a design standpoint, it's, I have to say it's a little bit offensive to look at.
0: Well, I, I have to be honest. <laughs> Comic Sans is the reason we are talking about this today. Oh, it's probably been a couple of years ago when I was driving down one of the highways here in the Gallatin area. I noticed a business that had Comic Sans as the font for their sign. Mm. Now, it, it just gave me a case of the dry heaves, I'll just mm. be honest here. And just about everyone I know in the marketing world feels the same way about this fonts. So so as a graphic designer, what can you tell us about Comic Sans? What is it that creates such a strong negative reaction? I mean, after all, it's it's just a typeface.
2: Yeah. I think it just it 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 combines like immediately these feelings of um well, first and foremost, it sort of screams amateur because people like to play with fonts. They're fun. And they a lot of them that they are able to find in their you know suites of applications on their computer, they're just fun to pull out different fonts. And so I think the person or people that developed that sign probably had a great time, but it does just the opposite of what they want it to do, and that is that it basically says it's kind of laughable. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to play with type. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not pretty.
0: <laughs> I, I, yes, that the message that, that a font communicates, that hidden meaning may not be the meaning you want to
2: communicate. That's right. Yeah, believe it or not, there is such a thing as font psychology. And every single font has a unique personality, just like your business. And and so the trick is to, it's not so much of a trick when you've been designing for a number of years, but uh, it's important to know which font matches the intended tone of your message. And there are a lot of really... There's a lot of fonts that should not have been created, quite honestly. But they're out there, and people have the ability to use them. So, uh, you know, there'll be many more Comic Sans signage, I'm sure. But, you know, the average person doesn't necessarily know the font psychology. So that's kind of a problem.
0: So what fonts should not have been created?
2: Well, a lot of the display fonts, like... uh, a lot of them that just come to mind are like thematic fonts. Like for instance, uh, an alphabet that has pumpkins and scarecrows and (laughs) witches hats for Halloween. You know, those are a a favorite, a crowd, a crowd pleaser over the holidays. Same thing with Christmas. I mean, there, there's something for everybody.
0: (laughs) So what, uh, like what, um, what kinds of fonts are appropriate for what kinds of
2: businesses well they like i said fonts have they definitely have their own personality and they convey a certain feeling you know certain descriptors that relate to your business or or services your product so for instance if you're a financial corporation you know, you would want to have something that's maybe a little more traditional with a serif font, and the serif font is a font that has the little. Um, yeah,
0: what is that little thing
2: called? Yeah, the swoop
0: the little the little thing well,
2: It's a serif, is what it is. It's it's a serif, so uh, you would recognize it. it. It's it's used a lot times like a Times thron-ish. Roman, right? And and so and it's a more traditional. It's a it's a uh, derivative of letterpress kind of fonts, and so if you're a bank, you might use a serif font like a Baskerville or something that's a little more formal, you know Times Roman, that basically says at a glance this company is sophisticated and reliable. So those are the kind of things that you need to think about with fonts, and there are so many to choose from, and they're there's little nuances that really do make a difference. Uh, you know, like for instance, a healthcare organization, you might choose a sans serif, like a Gill Sans that's simple and clean and modern and is more geometric. So it's it's a really important part of especially developing the logo, but also with your your other materials and including website and really anything that that's produced for your brand uh visuals it's important to be aware of what those fonts express what kind of emotions they elicit and uh you know how they resonate with your audience you know like fonts have gender you wouldn't use a feminine sort of scripty font if you were if you had a construction company so it's it's just important to match those fonts with the subject matter
0: that's interesting this this notion that fonts have gender. So, when I think of a feminine font, okay, I think of something that's, you know, curly and you know, lots of f- swirls and, you know, girly basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe a masculine font would be something that's, you know, more square, boxier. How if if you let's say that you're in a business that where where you don't want to cater to gender stereotypes, where you don't you don't want to limit your buyers. Um, how do you how do you straddle that line? How do you have a font that's not too feminine, not too masculine?
2: Well, that's where you you look for, and and you can also customize fonts in the design process. But that's where you look for fonts that that have some flair, that that have something a little bit unusual, that have some character that can capture both women and men's interests and resonate. So, yeah, and there's, there's a lot of fonts like that. There, there are millions of fonts available and, and it's not unusual to combine a couple of fonts in a logo. You typically don't want to do more than a couple, but, and then you continue to use those same fonts within body copy and headlines and and other pieces of your materials or, you know, projects.
0: What are, what are the biggest mistakes that you see small business owners and marketing people making with fonts?
2: I think that they, one of the big mistakes I think that's made is that they use fonts that they like rather than what will resonate with their audience and reinforce their brand story they also use multiple fonts rather than sticking with a font family with most fonts have at least i would say anywhere from 3 to to 8 different versions and and so within a font family there would be a light version a regular a medium italic bold extra bold some of them even come you know are developed with uh you know other characteristics. So there's, there's an additional font that's within that family, but is a little more distinctive. So there's plenty to choose from, you know, to create compelling visuals. You know, it's, 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 it's very important to understand the power of fonts and how critical it is to the success of brand visuals. A hodgepodge like the Comic Sans or you know, some cute little holiday font. It's just, it's about the appropriateness of the fonts and the sizes and the visual results. How, you know, is that going to produce a professional result? And if it doesn't, then you're doing a lot of damage to your brand.
0: And and the professional result in this case would be the conclusions that prospects, the community, your vendors, your suppliers, everybody draws about your business. So, if certain fonts are leading people to draw certain conclusions, or maybe, maybe even question your IQ, what fonts would you advise business owners and marketing people to avoid at all costs? Besides Comic Sans.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would say most of the display fonts. There's there's a number of categories. There's serif, there's sans serif, there's slab, there's uh, script. There's a category that's labeled decorative. I would stay away from decorative. Uh, it just really doesn't present a professional look. So... That's really the one that I would say. And probably Comic Sans is within that decorative category. I haven't looked at it lately, but I think that's probably there.
0: It sounds to me like there's really no circumstance where Comic Sans should be used by a business.
2: That's right. Well, and the good news is if you approach your brand visuals in a thorough manner manner and and what I think is the way to do it, you will have in place brand guidelines. And so those inform not only you, the owner and your your employees, but also other people like, for instance, newspapers, if you're gonna place an ad where they might have to tweak a, an ad or anybody that's that's interacting with your brand, that is a uh, that guideline tells them what they cannot and can do. So, Presumably, once you have that guideline, you're not going to have to make those decisions on, hmm, do I use Comic Sans or don't I? That, that decision is already taken away from you, which is probably a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, for the good of everyone involved, <laughs> for sure. How how do you get fonts? Are, are they just like, where do they come from?
2: Well, now they're a lot more prolific. You can If you work with Adobe uh, software, they come with fonts that you can activate or deactivate, and there's hundreds and hundreds of fonts that you can choose. And so that's available. Uh, Microsoft Word has fonts. Uh, They're they're available that you can download for free. I I used to buy fonts. There would be, I won't say... A lot of resources, but enough that you could have some choices. And so, I would research fonts and then ultimately purchase them.
0: I think you did that for one of our mutual clients, um, a law firm, mm-hmm. when they went through a rebranding process, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. And I remember you sent me a file for that font because I needed to use it for their newsletter for some of their online things. And so was that, did you buy that font from somewhere? I think it was Amerigo BT.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, and probably now it's available for free. Uh, You just need to make sure that it's a reputable download resource, but yeah, there's, there's a lot more variety and options now than there used to be which is good and bad, I guess. Good for designers, maybe not so good for people sort of playing.
0: Yeah, because when when you sent me that file, I think I had to load it in Word, I had to load it in Publisher, or maybe in, in Office. I think maybe I did it in Office for all of those. But it's th- there's a little bit of technical skill involved in getting the font from the font store, and then loading it in all the places
2: where you'll need to use it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to have versions that are going to work across platforms. At least that's how it used to be. It's a little less so now. But even with websites, as, as recent as like maybe five, six, seven years ago, it was sometimes it was difficult to, to have access to fonts that worked well on websites and in print. Sometimes you'd have to find a font that was reasonably close and go with it on the website, but that's, that is really changing for the better. You know, now you can pretty much utilize the same fonts across the board, which is helpful, you know, with a a brand, uh, with brand visuals. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's, uh, let's boil down the key takeaway for our listeners. What's the one thing that you think small business owners and marketing people need to know about fonts?
2: Well, fonts have personality, and so does your business, so you need to match those. And you really try not to get caught up in all the fun and interesting choices, and it, it is fun. That's why I do this for a living. It's fun. But if you don't understand how, how fonts relate to your overall message and brand, you really shouldn't be deviating too much from, well, certainly you shouldn't be deviating from your brand guidelines, but minimally you shouldn't be getting into the, you know, the, uh, (laughs) the fancy fonts. And then secondly, consider your context and audience, like who and how is your design being viewed? You know, is it social media? Is it posters? Is it a business card? You know, who's reading your materials? So sometimes even business cards, the fonts are very, very small and they're hard to read. So is it suitable for your audience? It's not just content and message. It's can they read it? So that's that's very important with fonts. And also, is its is it gonna turn out looking great once it's reproduced because sometimes printing either drops a very very thin line or it can blob out a font depending on how large it is or small it is so th- I would say those those four things size and, and and that goes along with the suitability size and spacing you know business card mobile device how legible is it Simple things, but if your audience can't read it, then you've not really accomplished much. And
0: and you said that fonts have personality. Well, you don't want people to think that your font has a personality disorder, for sure. That's right. So Lee, I understand that you
2: have one more <laughs> font joke. Let's hear it. I, I couldn't resist. What is Satan's favorite font? What is it? Helvetica. But um bum bump. <laughs> oh, that is too much.
0: Oh, I, you could go on and I on, could. on and I on. could. Right. I Desi- could. Well, designer humor. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, we'll dedicate another podcast episode to Lee's favorite font <laughs> jokes. <laughs> that I would really be scary. A couple of hours worth of fun there. <laughs> so, Lee, if somebody wants to learn more about fonts or they want to work
2: with you, how can they find you? You can find us at amarinsdesignsllc.com. And all the contact information is there and we would love to hear from you.
0: That sounds awesome. Lee, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Gail. It was fun.
1: Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at infosimplemarketing.academy. At the Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.